0: In essence, Christian theology is a way of giving expression to the story of God. Christian theology is not it's abstract thinking, but it's an attempt to engage with the story of God and to um, find within it the truths that um, that hold the story together, the skeleton around which the biblical record um, is formed. It, finds its heart in the revelation of Jesus of Nazareth, who is the Word of God, the revelation of God. And it finds its um, details in the biblical record of God's words and deeds. So all good theology is going to start at the beginning of the biblical story, which is the words that we're all familiar with. Thanks. In the beginning, God created... The heavens and the earth. So we're going to thanks yeah. So we're going to be looking at this concept or this framework for understanding who God is. In the beginning, God. In the beginning, God created. in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now when we read the heavens and the earth, the um, uh, Genesis is not telling us that that's the only two things that God created. What it's doing is giving us the parenthesis, the brackets of all things. God created everything from A to Z. God created all things. The Greeks have a word for um, the most basic of all, uh, of all things. They never saw one of them, but they had a word for it, and that word was atom. And that word atom is formed from two Greek words, a and tom, which means um, something that cannot be divided, something that cannot be cut, the very basic essence of all things. But we know that an atom can be cut and split, and when you cut an atom, you get neutrons, protons, electrons... And if you cut a proton or a neutron, you get quarks. God created the things below that which was thought to be the basic of all things. But not only did God create quarks and um, neutrons and all the rest of that, He created the space between them. God didn't just create the atom, He created the space within the atom. All things God created. God created the world that we are in. We are uh, located somewhere to the edge of the Milky Milky Way, the the galaxy. Something like that. I read it once in a book. It must be true. There are billions of stars in the Milky Way. Our sun is just but one of them. That seems like a lot, so I counted last night and I lost track after the first 225. But not only are there a billion stars or over a billion stars in our galaxy, there are over a billion galaxies in our universe. That is a lot of stars. God not only created the stars, he created the time it takes to move between them. God created everything from A to Z. God created the space within the atom and he creates the time that it takes to transfer our universe. Just um, a few weeks ago we were um, listening to the reading of Colossians 1.15. And that said that Jesus is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, were the thrones of powers or rulers or authorities. All things were created through him and for him. God... Jesus, the image of the invisible God, is the creator of space and time, material and spiritual matter and what matters. God is not spirit uh, who chooses to create. God is, and God creates spirit and matter. So angels and demons and the devil himself. These are all part of creation. They are not part of God. God is. God is not spirit. God has to create spirit. There is no spirit until God creates. God is prior to spirit. God is prior to space and time. So you can ask before the beginning, when was God or where was God? Because there was no when or where until God creates it. God is the creator of all things from A to Z. Everything. God is the creator. So God is not waiting somewhere, some time, for creation to begin. God is prior to that. God is not some spirit. He is not something. God is. God is before. Time and space. So God is not an old white man whose first language is English. He is not an old because there is no time. He is not white because there is no culture or um, color or ethnicity. God is not male because there is no male and female, God is not at his heart an English speaker because there is no speaking until God creates. God is prior to all things. The story of creation begins when God speaks, but God is already there. God has his own story before creation begins. So there is neither male nor female, slave nor free, Jew nor Greek in God because God is prior to all those things. God is not something, somewhere. Thanks. So if God is not something and if God is not somewhere, can we have the next slide, thanks? Yeah, if God is not somewhere, not something, then that means that God cannot be captured by some idol, or he cannot, uh, or nothing within creation itself can be worshipped, because God is not within creation. God can enter into creation, that's true, because it's his story, but God is not bound within creation in the sense that God is part of what we know from all things around us. So no idol will reveal to us God. God must reveal Himself. This is why Jesus is the image of the invisible God. The God that can't be known is revealed in Jesus. We don't know who God is until He speaks, or He acts, or He engages. We don't know who God is until He reveals Himself to us. And when God reveals himself to us, he he reveals himself in a story of Father, Son, and Spirit. The one God, the story of the one God, cannot be told without telling the story of Yahweh, of Jesus, and of the Spirit. God chooses to reveal himself And when God reveals himself, he reveals himself as Father, Son and Spirit. This is then the essence of the theological discussion that we call the Trinity. God is, but God reveals himself to be Father, Son and Spirit. And so we need to understand what it means that before the story of space and time, God has a story, and that story is told in Father, Son, and Spirit. Thanks. Now, the Greeks have a word for this, and it's pericorosis. Pericorosis means encompassing, embracing. Um, so, thinking of God and God's story as Father, Son, and Spirit. In embracing, means that we've got the Father embracing the Son, who embraces the Spirit, who embraces the Father, who embraces the Son, who embraces God is embracing God's self. God is Father, Son, and Spirit and they are embracing one another. You cannot think of the Father without thinking of the Son. You cannot think of the Son and Father without thinking of the Spirit. You cannot think of the Spirit without thinking of the Son and the Father. You cannot, because God is embracing. Now, the for me at least, the most um, picturesque way of achieving of thinking of that is to think of the C major chord. All right, so those of you who are pianists have got your three fingers ready to hit the um, keyboard. Those of you who are guitarists are trying to remember where the fingers go. And those who are drummers don't care, you're just beating on something anyway. The C major chord is made up of a C, a E, and a G. Is that right? Yeah, um, the pianists in the room. A C, E and G. If you hit the C note, you don't have a C major chord. If you hit the E note, you don't have a C major chord. If you hit the G note, you don't have a C major chord. You've got to hit all three at the same time. Because the C major chord is caused by the interaction, the relationship, of those three notes together. So when we speak of God, we're not speaking of three notes who decided to ring together. We're speaking of the C chord. God, the story of God, is all about the three interacting. You can speak about a C note, you can speak about an E note, you can speak about a G note, but they are not the chord. The chord doesn't begin prior to the three existing together in relationship. As the notes embrace each other, we hear the C major chord. As the Father, Son and Spirit embrace each other, we encounter God, um, God um, in his fullness. God is encompassing. Father, Son and Spirit encompass one another. God is relationship with that remainder. We tend to think of this starting from who we are. We are individuals. We know who we are because we're not the person next to us. We think individually. We think that I am an individual and I can choose to be in a relationship with the person next to me. Unless the person next to you is your child and you got stuck with them. Alright. But by and large, we choose to enter into relationship. And so we try to think of God as if God chooses to enter into relationship. God is three things, whatever that is, who choose to come together. That is not how it works. God is relationship with that remainder. There is no th- separation of them. They embrace each other and it, in the embracing of each other that they are God. There is no. T- you can't have God without the Son. You can't have God without the Spirit. You can't have God without the Father. You have God. We encounter and they encounter us, God encounters us in different ways and so it's possible for us to speak of Father, Son and Spirit, but always it's because they are relating to one another, they are encompassing one another. God is a person who gives and opens himself to others and it's in the embracing of that that God exists. God is relationship without remainder. If you take away the relationship of Father, Son and Spirit, you don't have something left over that is God too or might be God. There is nothing left. God is relationship without remainder. We think of ourselves as individuals. God thinks of himself as person in relationship. God is relationship without remainder. So that means something. It means that God isn't just loving something that chooses to love. It means that God is love. The embracing of Father, Son and Spirit is the act of love. So God is not just loving. God is love. And that means when we come to think about who we are, it means that All of creation is immersed in the love of God. And we'll talk about that a little bit more. It means that God defines personhood. We have a habit of starting with what we know in creation and going backwards and saying God must be like this. Father, Son and Spirit, three individuals (laughs) act like God. Maybe how does that make sense? And so people say the Trinity is a um, made up, um, constructed Doctrine no, if we start with God and understand what it means to love and to be person and we bring that into our lives, then we are going to be reflecting God rather than trying to make God reflect us and The third thing I want to say is that if God is love, not just loving, if God is love, Father, Son, and Spirit embracing one another relationship without remainder, then salvation is about entering into that love, that generous, open, embracing life of the triune God. So three things I want to uh, build on the fact that we are, uh, that that God is uh, uh, revealed to us in Father, Son and Spirit as the triune God. So, firstly, think of yourself as a spirit, Dot, a spot, without dimension. You are a spot, and the person next to you is a spot. And the person next to them is a spot. Now, how can three spots come together if they're just spots? Well, they can. not What you need is a line. If you have a line, all three spots are connected by the line. If you have one line, so one row, and the row behind it is another line, and the row behind that is another line, you've got three separate lines. But if you take the square, everybody's embraced in that, right? This is how dimensions work, right? So you go from zero dimension to one dimension to two dimensions. We're up to three dimensions. So we're no longer thinking of squares, we're thinking of cubes, right? That gets a little harder because we don't have an upper deck here. But if we had an upper deck, we could include them in it and we would all be in the cube. Now, for those of you who watch um, Marvel um, Universe films, you know that when you get to four dimensions, the cube has become a Tesseract. And so all cubes are contained in the space that is the all three-dimensional cubes, are contained in the space that is the fourth dimension, tesseract. Mathematicians tell us there are 11 dimensions. I stopped at four because I can't go past that. Uh, it just gets way too complicated. But if there are 11 dimensions, then the 12th dimension, the one that embraces all the other dimensions, is, of course, God. Right? Because God creates. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. All things are created within God. He's not in space and time. So he's not prior to creation. He's not apart from creation. He is above, dimensionally above creation. Creation happens within the vastness of who God is. So, if God is love that means that we are all living in love. Not just that God loves you from somewhere else, but that you are immersed in the love of God. You don't think of yourself as immersed in space until you think about it. You don't think of yourself as located in time until you think about it. And it's possible that you don't think of yourself as immersed in the love of God. But you can no more get outside of the love of God than you can get outside of space and time. Even if you were to die and so no longer have space in our space and time, that still wouldn't take you outside the dimension that is the love of God. We live in the love of God. God doesn't just love us. We live within the love of God. We are, as much as our space and time defines us, the love of God defines us. We are immersed in the love of God in a way that we can never escape from. Thanks. Secondly, I want to say that God defines personhood as relational, social, and communal openness to others. The Father embraces the Son, who embraces the Spirit, who embraces the Father, who embraces... uh, It goes on. The endless openness of God. And so, um, at the beginning of Genesis, we read, it is not good for a person to be alone. And so, marriage is given so that the two might become one. So in some way, this is um, giving an image to the fact that individuals are not meant to be individuals, they're meant to be persons in relationship. Uh, Something that has become uh, uh, more personal to me, or more... um, uh, become more aware of, is in terms of our sense of who we are, our identity. My father died a couple of years ago after, what, 10 years, 12 years, 14 was it? A long time. 14 years of dealing with Alzheimer's. And in that time, he lost his sense of who he was and of who we were. But he never stopped being a person, because he was always a person in relationship. He was always my father. He was always husband to my mom. He was always granddad. He was always a friend. He was always, he was always existing in relationship. We don't hold our sense of self by ourselves. We are not individuals who choose to enter into relationship. We are always people who must be open to and engaged in relationship. For reasons I cannot even begin to fathom, you'll have to ask a church historian and even then don't believe them, There was a time when people thought they could go into the desert on their own and find God. What on earth made them think that God was to be found in isolation? The God who is love is not found alone. He is found in community. If you want to experience and engage God, you experience God in and through engagement in community. Don't go looking for God in the middle of the desert or the middle of the ocean. I guess deserts are easier to find than in the middle of an ocean. Um, You don't go looking for God in nothing. You go looking for God in relationship. There are people who think that they need to go off on some trek in order to find themselves. You don't find yourself alone. Individualism is not who we are. We find ourselves in relationship. If you want to find yourself, you open yourself up to those around you. God is relationship without remainder. He tells us what it means to be us. And and for us, it means that we need to be in relationship. Individualism is not the height from which we choose to act. Relationship is the essence of who we are. Space and time give us shape, but relationship, love, is what gives us Um, our true essence and and, um, meaning. So this means then that salvation, thanks, is not about getting pardoned of your sins so that you can get to heaven when you die. Because that's space and time thinking. Salvation is about entering into the relationship of life with God. The Greeks had a word for it because they've got a word for everything. And this is theosis. Theosis. Entering into the divine dance with God. Think back to uh, who God is. Father, Son, Spirit embracing one another. That is love. That's why uh, in 1 John it says God is love. Not just that God is loving. That is love. Embracing openness to one another. And into that, God invites us. Because it is a relationship of love, He can invite us into that. So when we speak about being saved, when we um, speak about salvation, what we are speaking about is entering into a relationship with God. A relationship with God that begins in the now. We are invited into the life of God. God is not somewhere, something. God is in relationship with us. One of the, um, one of the first things I had to do as a pastor <coughs> was um, visit a um, mother of um, five grown children Um, to be with her after she had heard that her youngest son had committed suicide. And I went into um, the house and went through um, to where she was and I sat um, alongside her and she was just rocking backwards and forward. And, And in her despair and her grief, She wondered where God was. She thought her prayers were bouncing off the ceiling. But you should should immediately know that that's the problem. what, What happens if her prayers bounce off the ceiling? They bounce right back to where she is, where God is. God is not on the other side of her ceiling, up in Heaven, somewhere. God is not somewhere or sometime other. God is there, present, in love. We don't have to find God somewhere else. God is there, present, in love. Our salvation is not something that we have to hold on to until we get to heaven. Our salvation is something that we experience now in its fullness. We are loved and we are caught up in the love of God. But this then leads us to what First um, John, that, that, oh, that's probably readable or possibly readable. Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Love comes from God. It, love is not something that it happens when we decide to do it. Love is what God is, God has created. Everyone who loves has been be born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. This is not optional. You cannot have something of what God is or take salvation from God or something without taking God. God is love. We take that, we receive that, we enter into that. Whoever does not know love does not know God because God is love. This is how God sold his love among us. He sent his one and only Son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his Son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. If we are living in the love life of God, if God is light, in whom there is no darkness at all, how do we dare take into the life of God our hate or our refusal to love? We can't. We live in God. We live in his love. We become those who love. Since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. God is love. God is love in that... Prior to time and space, Father, Son and Spirit embrace one another in openness and acceptance. God is relationship with that remainder. So in the beginning, the triune God created the heavens and the earth. When I've got my theology students in front of me, I make them do a whole lot of reading. I make them um, go through, probably on this topic, um, six three-hour lectures, but looking at this crowd in front of me, I know you're more capable than they are. You can get that in one sermon and you're all done. Well, maybe not all of you, some of you still um, need to do some pre-reading. The story of God is big, but it's not a mystery. It has been revealed to us, and it has been revealed to us as a God who is love. Not a God who chooses to love, but a God who is love. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Before the story of space and time, the triune God existed in an open, mutually embracing, perichoretic relationship that is love. Relationship without remainder. And by creating all things, the triune God has shared this life of love with us. We live in love. We are people of love. We grow, we, th- we um, discover who we are in love. God is love, and
1: we are his children. Does anyone else feel like they just stepped into the TARDIS with Doctor Who? A nerdy professor type with an accent? Stephen, thanks for um, opening that topic for us um, this morning and this series for us uh, and taking us on a journey um, into multiple dimensions. Um, And I've got some questions for us, I think, that I've been sitting with that I'm keen for us to um, think about because one of the things we want to continue to try and be uh, here at Richmond is people that practice living out um, who we are and what we believe uh, and not just get more information and not just... um, Uh, hold things for ourselves and some of the questions this morning that you might be sitting with that I'm keen for you just to have a little chat together about just for a couple of minutes is um, are you identifying yourself as an individual is that there was something in what Stephen was saying to us this morning about how we find ourselves Uh, how much of our identity and the way we approach life and the way we love others comes from starting with ourselves and not from who God is and another question I've got is how is we as the people of God How can we live out what it looks like to be involved in that love that's there with us? Not as a behaviour to choose, but as something that flows from God through us to others. And so that might be in how we love one another, and it might be in how we love our neighbours. What does it look like for us to practice that? Um, Not as a choice, not as a, today I'm going to be a loving neighbour, or I'm going to love one another, or... Just for a few minutes after church today, I'm going to be a little bit nicer than I normally am and chat to some people. But what does it look like for us to be completely transformed by who God is and what he's invited us into and what he's revealed of himself to us? Um, So I'm keen for us just to talk about that um, just for a second Um, and and to talk about for ourselves what that might look like for us in our lives. Not just as a good idea, not just being nicer people, but actually God is love people. We love because he first loved us. Because he has shown us, revealed to us who he is and how he's made us. And we do that in community, in relationship. Um, So keen for us just to explore that a little bit. not expecting us to be able to answer all the other questions that might have come up from today. uh, But just to try and talk a little bit practically about what that means for you and your identity and for us as a community. Um, So let's do that for a couple of minutes and then we're going to lead us in a song to finish before we head out to coffee. So just a couple of minutes of talking with the people around you, being in community together, belonging together, sharing together. Let's talk together.